I like we pick the worst week in the world to skip doing this show because now this week we got to be like the rumble happened, but then uh, then then Charlotte and then this and then ah uh, oh, fuck ah oh, damn it what what are we gonna talk about? Wait, the rumble happened? I I think it was many years ago, Blake Tata. Many years ago, multiple men entered a ring and a giant vanilla gorilla fucked them all up. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, the vanilla gorilla. <laughs> To be fair, he did start dancing to theme music at one point. That was funny. That was very good. Mm-hmm. I loved that. His reaction to Keith Lee, that was also great. Oh, yeah, where he just, like, looks at Paul, doesn't care that he's on camera. Is like, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> it's a big boy! <laughs> big boy! The Keith Lee bit was probably one of my favorite bits of the entire Rumble. And I had to watch bits and pieces because my stream was just shitting the bed. I... It stopped as soon as, like, my... I was listening to a stream, a uh, countdown, and then all of a sudden, duh. Oh, you think you know me? <laughs> the end! Oh, no! <laughs> then you turn it back on, and Christian's in the ring. So welcome to Fight Boys, it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore! I am the plastic man, Blake Tanner, because I got a new oven today and they left some plastic in it when they installed it, so guess what happens when he preheated it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a Eugene, that's a Eugene Merman bit, well done. (laughs) (laughs) The The poisoned boy, Blake Tanner. Guess what happened when he created the oven? Nothing good. Um, it was all bad, like my life. I am yeah. uh, I am in awe of the state of professional wrestling, the Dylan. Yo, right? So much good shit happened in the past two weeks, and we decided, oh, we can take a break. Listen, I need to start making Wall Street bets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of because of when, when we got in on Joey Janela's spring break. I... Oh, dude, yeah. We... We won so hardcore on... I know we have, like, cheap seats, but still. We don't have seats. We have yeah. stand. Which, we have, yeah. Which uh, is only a problem for two-thirds of us. And... <laughs> Hold on. Which one? The ones that last time we just decided... We got seats and decided to stand, we just left the event? Yeah. 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 Which is going to be real difficult for you, considering I'm driving. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Blake, to be honest, we were also very whiskey drunk at that point, so that wasn't a I'm tired of standing. That was a I want to sleep so bad right now moment. Bold of you to assume you won't be drunk in two months. I don't know if this DDP yoga shit keeps work- working on my body. I may end up perfectly a skinny legend and I don't have to worry about it. This <laughs> I can only imagine how much, how like much better shape I'd been if I'd done DDP yoga. I just ate better and walked a shit ton. Yeah, exactly. I've been doing these like uh, fifteen minute workouts every day because that's literally all the time that I have over the last week. And you know what? It feels like it's helping. You know, guys, I, lo- I love you and I love our fun little talks, but there's too much wrestling. We can't just go off on this. Oh, sh- you're the one that's doing this. Oh, God. We can rapid fire a lot of this. Um, 
Let's see here. What's happening in, in New Japan? Uh, Goto and Shingo had a fucking hoss battle. That was yeah. essentially, that was essentially, you know, remember, you remember a couple of weeks ago when, when Big E went on that tangent, like, you could keep your five star classes. I just want big, meaty men slapping me. Slapping me. Meat. Yeah. That match was both. Yeah. Um, it was just two dudes just, just beating the shit out of me. The thing is, is that before that fucking, uh, Ishii and, um, fucking evil did the same. So it was just two back to back Japanese hoss fights. Yeah. Fucking. Also, uh, well, going back to Janela Springbank, but you are, of course, referencing the fact that the greatest promo video ever dropped, where it it was making fun of the one they dropped for Bloodsport, where it's Suzuki versus who's he fight? Who's he fighting? Dirty Tom Lawyer, baby. Uh oh, oh fuck yeah! So it was making fun of that. So it's beginning with like this big anime intro, just like you can choose the sword and come with me, or you can go the other way, you go with your mother. And you see the hand reach out for the sword, and then it just does a shitty little thumbs up, and then Orange Cassidy's head pops off as the fucking JoJo theme hits, and I'm like, oh shit, yes! The JoJo theme was the best part about that for me, yeah, honestly. Exactly. So there are, there are exactly two ways this can go. Yeah. Um, one of them is just straight murder, uh, legitimately. The other is that it starts as murder, and then uh, Orange Cassidy turns on the gas, and we get one of the best professional wrestling matches ever. Oh, yeah, I'm betting on the second, without a doubt. My favorite was everyone who was like, you're ruining his mystique! You're, you're ruining everything about him! And every, everyone in the comments was like, you remember, what was the, I think it was in DDT, he wrestled like some sort of robot, and then DDT, or... Pile drived it in the middle of a lake and it exploded. Yeah, in the middle like, of a yeah. river. Yes. He also fought <laughs> Kikataro at one point in like the, the early 2000s. Yeah, the, exactly. The whole bit about Orange Cassidy is that when he turns on the guest, he's one of the best wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, listen, I'm just so excited that I get to yell Kaze ni Nare twice in two days. You have no idea. Oh, all yeah, of, yeah. All of my dreams are coming true. <laughs> Most of the Bullet Club's gonna be at Supercard. I get to finish the shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Essentially. I mean, I guess I could pay a shitload more money and go have Fale and fucking Yujiro sign it. I'm debating that. That's real sad. Um, are we doing. I've already forgot. Are we doing Bloodsport? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The three we're doing. Well, the we're doing Bloodsport, Joey Janela, and Supercard. Those were the three. The three biggins. Yeah, the three biggins. I'm still trying to become friends with Warhorse on Twitter and get a free ticket to WrestleMania. Good luck with that. I mean, it won't happen. I know it won't. You can still try though. You're mm -hmm. you're owing a thousand on getting people to be friends with you. Yeah. Hey, no, Mega Ran. <laughs> oh yeah, did we invite Mega you Ran the to man go? Man, I bribed with a copy of Mortal Kombat 11 for Switch. Still did it though. Still did it. Yeah. You you uh. You you remember to invite him to go smoke cigars and drink with us? Um, I believe I invited him to go to a Bubba Gumps with us, is what I did. Why? Why why do you ruin everything? It's tradition! We're at a beach, we take Mega Ran to a wing stop or a Bubba Gumps. Why didn't you go with the wing stop? That way we could look at more ass. Come on, man. <laughs> Priorities. I know you're married, but think about the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Also, can I just say fucking wwe is not last couple of years they've been fucking about on the road to wrestlemania this year they're like 
no, we, we've got it. We're actually going to try to nail AEW out of the water. Yeah, it's not well, because they got to. It's it's not yeah. re- it's not really working. Um, they're they're trying like the whole Charlotte Rhea thing. That's really interesting. Oh yeah, because that's straight up like think back to WrestleMania thirty two, which was the Roman versus Brock, where Seth cashed in. Yeah, that was a moment where everyone went in like, "There's no possible good outcome to this. It's not going to turn out well." Oh shit, Seth cashed in. There's a third option no one considered. That happened when Charlotte came out and was like, Well, I beat Becky and I've won the title. I've beat Bailey and won that title. And then just This is my brutality. And then and then, and then the fucking camera cuts ruined that entire entrance. You remember that? The eighteen camera cuts in thirty seconds? Oh, yeah, oh, you remember yeah. how the camera cuts have been terrible. You mean for the last five years, Blake? <laughs> That's <laughs> That's what I meant, damn it. Are you talking about the fact that we didn't get to see Edge's return spear in a wrestling match? I fucking hate him so much. They had to go back and change that. They had to go back and fucking edit that fucking thing because Kevin Dunn fucked up that badly. What it was yeah. the um it was the watch along that uh Woods was on and like the look on his face when that camera cut happened, he looked so angry and disappointed like why why would you do that yeah exactly i guess we do need to like do a little bit of rumble coverage so that fucking happened uh brock did here's the thing brock was almost my heel of the week for last week because at first i'm like he's ruining the rumble and then he's not he's making the rumble amazing yeah then as it went on i was like oh never mind this fucking rules ass this is really really good i love it Uh uh-huh Oh, like yeah. Ke- Keith Lee coming out and then just, oh, it's a big boy. And then those two fighting against one another. His betrayal of Shelton Benjamin was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where sh- him and Shelton were. And then how he got eliminated, which was Ricochet returning the low blow and then him getting claymored over the top. Fucking legendary. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that they're just saying Bl- Brock got claymored. You got to think at some point Ricochet is just going to come out like, I hit him in the dick. I, I mean, he's the that. number he's the number one contender. Like yeah. he gets a he gets a failed title shot at uh, Super Show. <laughs> he gets to lose yeah. in Saudi Arabia because they're going back there again. Well, I mean, honestly, like hitting the low blow on Brock at this point is basically just expected, right? It's a rite of passage. It's That's kind of like thing. shaking his hand. He expects <laughs> you to do it when you meet him. He really needs you to do. It. He's kind of into it. Do you, do yeah. you know? Do you know what else is really expected? Any time a, a women's uh, a women's competitor comes back from a break, uh, they automatically turn heel. Oh yeah. Well, I think with Ruby, it's no. warranted. No. Because... Do you know how much more progressive it would have been if Ruby, looking like a fucking wasteland like queen, would have just been like, "I'm babyface here." That would have been great. That would have been fucking amazing. Instead, they're just like, "Nah, someone like you can't be face." Well, I don't think it's that. I think it's the only logical placement for her storyline-wise is to be like, Liv Morgan used to be like her own independent, fun character with Ruby and the Riot Squad. Now she looks like every other women's wrestler. So Ruby comes out and is just like, hey, fuck that, actually. Scotty, what are you you doing? You remember months ago when the Nightmare Collective thing was happening, I was telling you to wait because it would get better? You're trying to do that with WWE, and it shows a level of amnesia that I'm not comfortable with. 
I mean, you don't know. Well, it uh, first. I do know. I do fucking know, Scotty. I have two decades of experience. I know exactly what I'm talking about. We all know what we're talking about, other than Blake. <laughs> but I mean, hey, why why did I get dragged into this? Why did you just have to pull me in <laughs> to your bullshit fight? <laughs> I mean, Nightmare Collective started out bad. This started out pretty, pretty interesting. I'm just saying. By the way, I, by the way, by the way, Scotty, have you have you watched those uh, those vignettes of Brandy going to the fake psychiatrist and having having that? No, I need to. I've seen them uh, like because I really want you to watch those so so that you can go ahead and like start eating crow about the Nightmare Collective storyline being the worst thing. I need you to. Oh, is it pretty good? Yeah, it's is good it now. Pre- yeah. Oh, damn it! It's <laughs> almost it's almost like I knew what I was talking about. Blake, get a new baby face. I know, I just saw it. Shut up, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) There was a weird moment, uh, a weird moment that, like, I don't know, I'm kind of fine with it happening because, like, the Cody getting lashes moment, which we are going to get into, was awesome, but Brandy coming out in the middle of it, I was at first like, but isn't she supposed to be, like, a dark evil wizard lady? But then I'm like, no, this is completely kayfabe breaking for the entire company. This is everyone coming out and being like, this is fucking gruesome well no so she I, didn't I, she didn't show up to the last nightmare collective match like they imploded because she wasn't there oh, on really? dark yeah on dark like on tuesday they like luther and fucking mel kicked kong out after after mel guillotine or after mel leg dropped kong when she was laying on the stairs what the fuck is that what it's, I guess it's largely be to cover good. up the fact that that Kong has to go film uh, Women of Wrestling. Oh, okay. Or Glow, okay. yeah, have to has to go finish or film Glow. But like now, it adds an interesting dynamic. Maybe they're going to dissolve the Nightmare Collective, or it's going to become a different thing. I don't know. Uh, but the vignettes, the vignettes are fucking top tier. Like, okay, you can tell because they, they lean into the fact that everybody keeps saying like shitty things about Brandy. At one point, the psychiatrist like transforms into this like dark version and just starts spouting off like all this like you're a shitty wrestler. You have to be the center of attention. You're fat, uh, like all that shit. Oh shit, that's good. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's it's fucking ama- I, like I, like I told you. If you give them enough time, there's been no problem. They haven't at least attempted with earnestness to fix did mel get better because uh yeah well, firstly, yeah no it, she it, looked she looked fine she played like like big uh big res- she's got a weird body type she's like big and kind of gangly uh she was yeah. facing sheeta it was it was okay it was good like it was it was a fine it was a fine match it wasn't the best women's match i've ever seen but like i walked away and i was just like nah man i didn't see a single obvious botch there it was okay okay that's good okay uh, um, Y'all, hold on. Before we get into anything else, I just read a headline. Bowling for Soup have just released a song about Alexa Bliss. Listen, a lot of people are trying to win Alexa Bliss to their side. Did you not see the Lenny Letterkenny bit? Wait, what? <laughs> yes, what? that is true. The the bit from Letterkenny was tops. It was tops, yeah, because it was it was like, well, you don't like a little of the professional wrestling? It's like, I could go for a little bit of the wrestling entertainment. A little Mike Mazanin. It's like yeah, yeah. As your favorite wrestler, it's like I assume yours is whichever one, whichever ever one you would think would be the most attractive naked. Alexa Bliss, there it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's weird. That's very like because last night I don't know why I found 
Jarrett Reddick, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup, who, by the way, ballooned up. Hope he's all who hope he's happy in life. Uh, yeah, for Wait, some who reason, are you just to say that to anyone. I'm getting skinny. I'm doing DDP yoga. I'm How do you know he's not? How do you know he's not, Scotty? Over here judging people. He's going to beat you for that million dollars that DDP's given. Well, I know he's had, like, problems with depression in the past. I want to make sure he ate Jolly and not ate depression. Are these are these celebration beers or sad beers? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went to his Twitter profile, and then halfway through is uh, a picture of Alexa Bliss with just, like, a tight shirt on that says, Girl, all the bad guys want. And I was like, uh... This is everything me in eighth grade really wanted. This is Joyce. Oh, man. Especially because I pr- I probably know that song by heart. That's a fucking dope song. I love all of it. Bowling for Soup is the one band that got me into, like, pop, pop punk and all of that shit in the 2000s. I really do like Bowling for Soup. I said, anyway, anyway, back to wrestling. We've talked about WWE. Is there anything else in WWE you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Dude, Raw this week was very, very good. Do you, do you remember who has the U.S.? Oh, no. Uh, fucking um, Andrade got suspended, but he still yeah. has the U.S. belt. So that's in... Now Angel Garza is his replacement, which feels vaguely racist, but... Well, I liked it because Garza has dripping charisma. I didn't oh, no, realize he does. how awesome... It was the fact that he, ha- he has kind of a similar look, except he is more comfortable taking off his pants. That's really the difference. In yeah. fact, whenever he came out, people were, like, and gave that promo, I was like, how dare he give a, a promo with pants on? That's just yeah. disrespectful to the company. Yep. You know, a funny thing I just noticed, Dylan, once again off topic, but with that hat on and seeing you in the thumbnail in the small video, you look kind of like Baron Corbin. And Dylan's gone. Welcome to Fight Boys, the two-person wrestling podcast. Guess who no longer has a place to stay for WrestleMania, jackass? (laughs) Guess who's sleeping in the fucking garage? (laughs) I'll sleep. I'll sleep out with the iguanas. It's fine. It was worth it. Uh, I will say, um, this might have not been the best Raw in a while, but it was the smartest Raw in a while. Well, no, it wasn't the best Raw because it has the lowest ratings. Oh, yeah. But you had the Charlotte thing where they immediately retconned and said, oh, no one's going to want to see these two matches put in Rhea. You had the Ruby Riot thing, which not everybody's a fan of, but I think it's it's a smart booked storyline. There's a reason behind that happening. Not yet. They haven't explained a reason. It's just a random attack until they give a reason next week. And then uh, the Edge and Orton thing, which Orton yeah. Orton finally is like giving a shit. Yeah, because it's Edge. He would give a shit for one of his best friends in the business. Yeah, it it just reminds you how fucking good Randy Orton is when Randy Orton gives a shit. Yeah, it's like Brock Lesnar. If he's interested, he gives a shit. Fucking, like, amazing things happen. Yeah, I mean, like, same thing with the Rumble, where, like, Brock got eliminated and just sat at ringside for, like, three minutes. Like, this fucking Scottish motherfucker tried to just get one over on me. Did you, did you, uh, do you see the the thing where R-Truth talked about how much uh, Brock enjoyed working with him? No, but it sounds like he would. Yeah, yeah, he liked it so much that Brock was like like trying to pitch other things to work with our truth. That's great. 
Did you see, um, and this is probably the only good thing to ever come out of After the Bell, Graves' podcast. He was talking about, do you remember like in 2015, it was right after the Rumble, I think, where the, they legitimately got snowed out in Philly, so they had yeah. to do like this weird... Yeah, like, when they had to show things in the Rumble? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, interview yeah. show where they showed some of the Rumble matches. Well, Graves was talking about that, and he goes, well, we were hanging out at the hotel, and we couldn't go anywhere. We were all kind of trapped in... Brock paid for the bar to stay open for the rest of the night, and it was me and two-thirds of the Shield boys, so we made sure not a single beer went unattended that night. And I was like, fuck, damn it, I like Brock. <laughs> damn it. I always like, I've, I've, I've had this weird, I have this weird love-hate relationship with Brock where I respect Brock Lesnar so much, but I don't enjoy how he's being, like, presented to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I respect what Brock Lesnar does in the wrestling business. He's one of the greatest, like, he'll go down in history as one of the greatest, like, business minds to ever, ever do it. But, like, by God, if seeing him barely on television hasn't run its course two years ago. It's like, I love chicken parmesan, but if you serve me chicken parmesan on a plate of dookie, I'm not gonna enjoy it anymore. Well, if you only give me one third of a plate of chicken parmesan and tell me it's a, it's good enough, then I'm going- If you give me a chicken nugget with some mozzarella sauce on it. It's a third of a plate of chicken parmesan once every two years that you get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and of course he did finally get to talk to Riddle. And that's the, I wish that conversation had been taped where he just walks up to him and it's like, hey, um, keep my name off of your fucking Twitter account because we are never working together. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Because like, I think Goldberg and Riddle would draw money. Brock would murder Matt Riddle in his sleep. Like it's not at all a good storyline. I don't think. Oh, I that mean- actually reminds Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Here's the here's the thing. Um, I don't think you're aware of is Matthew Riddle gives no fucks about anything. He is. Have you not seen his NXT work where he's yeah. somehow corralled Pete Dunn into making weed references with him? Are you like, where, where they came to the ring this week how, in a golf cart with yeah. the fucking how trophy many, on the How back? many fish could Bobby Fish fry? If Bobby Fish could fry fish. And that, I was like, that's a funny joke. And then Riddle turns around and just keeps doing it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's I'm a thing now. now. Becoming- that's a thing. That's his new catchphrase is, that's a thing now. He is the most... He's him. That's just... You're seeing Matt. <laughs> you're just seeing Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle just goes out high and he's just like, let's... I've, I'm just gonna do what I do every day. What was it last week or maybe the week before where um, <laughs> he was in the middle of a promo and he just stops and is like, whoa, man. You just mentioned Bud, and I kind of spaced out. What? Yeah, exactly. The whole crowd's like, yeah! You mentioned rolling a joint, and I just kind of started thinking about something else. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. He's like, how close can I get without getting a suspension? How many references can I make? Joint, hashtag joint manipulation. Uh, yeah. Anyway, on to AEW. Which has okay. just been oh, before. Before that, I do want to say I've never been more upset. I missed a. Re- Actually, I think I probably was more upset at that one show in Atlanta I missed where Cody showed up. But the fact that the New Japan show I missed because I had to go on vacation with family involved God getting the titles back from Finn Juice and? is fucking bullshit. I'm I'm so mad I missed it. Do you want to know why I'm mad? Because the show I went to, which was their first show of the tour was horseshit 
Yeah, because like the next one, didn't they have Marty come out and challenge Jay White? And then there's a title change at the next one. Meanwhile, Dylan just the gets, Rock and Roll oh, Express we- was at like the one after that. Yeah, no, I got to see. So there was a certain point. It got to the semi main. And at the semi main, when you're like, oh, this is two hours, not three hours, that's disappointing. And you're yeah. just like, these last two matches aren't going to be good. And they weren't. The main event was like over the top row. Like it was just an elimination bullshit match where only two eliminations were by pinfall. Like out of an eight man. Yes. The show ended with Tanahashi talking to the crowd. I don't know if you know this. Tanahashi doesn't speak English very well. That's, that's, maybe you just, maybe you have the heel faction that speaks English well talk to your crowd. Especially considering one of them lives in Tampa. I don't know. Maybe just maybe. Fucking stupid. Um, and then only before we get to AEW, only last thing I do have to say is Velveteen Dream came back in what was equally the most awesome and weirdest return of all time. Because he shows up, as I've quoted before, like a sleep paralysis demon on the top rope, comes down, levels the entire undisputed era, and then thinks his tights are tear away for some reason and just starts ripping his pants off of himself. You do, to you reveal. do. Have you seen what was actually airbrushed onto them? Oh yeah, that was the, it was the pants where it was Roddy, uh, Roddy's family with Velveteen on it, was yeah, it not? Yeah, he's pulled a full, full Rick Rude, baby. Oh yeah, I, w- I was excited, but at the same time, it was so funny watching him just kind of like, pull on this like long latex that's not going anywhere listen the 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 crowd was into it that's all that matters yeah uh, okay why so, did he have tearaway pants i guess it's because like the black light would have shown it off and it would have been a little bit more revealing but like do something else my dude <laughs> maybe maybe he was just like in the moment it's like i've got the you know, when the adrenaline starts running, you think you can do superhuman things sometimes. Well, no, he would have had to plan that in advance. I just think it didn't work the way he thought it would, which happened. Yeah. Anyway. AEW. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan's been interrupted 50 times, and now finally we're like, AEW, and he's like, fucking, it's good, man. It's it good is. Shit. That's the thing. We have to talk about specific moments. In WWE, like, okay, this bit was good, this bit was good. You can just be like, AEW was just solid. It's just been solid for two weeks. Um, yeah. Like, every match has been really... That's the thing, is, like, nothing... When when everything is good, nothing is outstanding, except for, like, very specific moments. Like, fucking uh, Moxley blinded Ortiz. Ortiz, mm-hmm. He's been yeah. wrestling like a goddamn solid snake villain for the last month. <laughs> he, yeah. he kept kayfabe. He did that shit in Japan. Yeah, he's kept the eye patch on the entire time. He's wrestling um, Suzuki tomorrow with it on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do like how much AEW is going into like old school shit of like, yeah, we'll just stab someone's eye out. It's okay. It's I mean, no big in that, deal. In that last episode, they had an eye being stabbed out and they had the entire main event segment where someone just got whipped. Oh, we'll talk about that later. We also had Brett Baker beating an Asian woman's teeth out of her face and then shoving her hand into her maw and then just trying to break her. It, it really, it really, it really ruined the fact that I got to see Yuka Sakazaki again. <laughs> yeah. I was really excited. I was like, hell yeah, Yuka's back. Oh no. 
immediately like, oh no, she's going to have to go to a dentist. But wait, there's only one. Oh no. Yeah. So like, Bitch Baker is a great character because I already hated Britt Baker. Yeah. But now she has go away heat where I was just like, you're, you're being a great heel, but I still don't want to see you. But now it's for different reasons. She looks like a Karen. She now looks like someone who would ask to talk to your dentist's manager. Like- yeah, I know. She acts like it too. Oh, also the fucking, um, uh, Pac Kenny feud went to the next level. Whenever Nyla oh, Rose yeah. power bombed Riho, not through a table, because apparently Riho doesn't have enough body weight to go through yes. a table. She just bounced off of it with a with a just a very low thud yeah the kenny thing is weird because you know he's tag team champion so every rivalry he has i think about it as a tag team rivalry and then the pock thing happened i'm like oh this is still happening that's cool and apparently it's gonna be an iron man match next week it's gonna be no, 30 no, no. in minutes. three weeks oh is it three oh it's it gonna is it gonna be at revolution no no it's gonna be the week before oh okay that's Still, holy shit! Yeah, I mean, I'm so, I'm so fucking ready for that one. Like the fa- and plus the fact that just because you're in a tag team and the champions, you don't have to be confined to like just tag team feuds. Yeah, is yeah, exactly. really refreshing. Yeah, I mean, look at Scorpio. He had that good, good segment with Le Champion. And now Daniels is having Daniels had the stuff with uh, Penta, and now he's having his own stuff with like the Dark Order. I still do love the end of that Pac segment, by the way, where he's like. Oh, you thought I was gonna hurt her? Well, I'm not a beast. But she is, and then just fucking out of nowhere, from behind the curtains, Nala's like, I'ma get you, I'ma get you, and then power bombs her. We're gonna get, we're gonna go through this table. Oh, you're not oh. gonna go through that table, you're gonna go through this table. Oh, let me oh, try it again. Bam, bam. I love it, it was Nala gets frustrated and just keeps, <laughs> like, using her as a hammer trying to break the table with yeah. her. So Nyla probably wins that. Maybe after that, fucking... Uh, has Statlander been on TV in the last few weeks? I don't remember her. Uh, not on... Uh, she might have been on Dark. No, 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 but no. I don't. If she was on Dark, I would have been, like, screaming happily on no. this show. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen her then. That sucks. I fucking love Statlander. And she had, she had a rocket strapped to her for a few weeks, and then they are like, let's let it go. Britt Baker's heel now. We can do something else. But that's the thing is they're trying to rotate everyone through, which works and doesn't work at the same time because it's a two hour show. They only have one. So like the Daniels thing will be on one week then they'll skip. Like it's like you get an every other week thing. Unless you're the elite. In which case it's just every single week. Oh, God. The hangman card this week was great because hangman's card came up and he just said very upset he's having to come out to this music because it was the cheesy being the elite music and not like cool music the elite super yeah no it was like the least high energy of all their music yeah yeah and i'm like that's the choice you're going for the group that's cool that's cool i guess yeah no that's what they did you know that's what they did at that show i saw in jacksonville and i was just like you guys had two really good separate theme musics. You could have just gone super kick party and then cut into like the like the good bit of Kenny's song and it would have been fine. But no. No, instead you, you just, just got get to listen to to, to, to to senior Jackson's like mid-tier music. I mean, you could think that I at least w- the Titan Tron should be something. It's literally just being the elite and that's it. That's the whole thing. 
But you know who else is the whole damn thing? Is it our patrons? It's our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can go and support the Fight Boys and you get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History the X, the show where we talk about some of our favorite moments in pro wrestling history. Dylan's working on one right now that's the history of Kenny Omega's junior heavyweight run. No, junior heavyweight title run. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was afraid I was going to have to write it. And I'm like, Dylan, you don't want me to have to do this because I I just get very, like, fanciful with the language. I'm like, his spaghetti hair fell down his shoulders as he grasped the... You've also... Listen, do you not remember every time you've written a promo in JWF and I've ignored two-thirds of it? <laughs> I pull a Kurt Angle. I was like, okay, here's some bullet points. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, of course, if you go over there, you get access to that, and you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like that absolute son of a bitch, Gazi, La Patreon Champion. Oh wait, ho- you might fucking not be Gazi, because you, you, I'm not gonna try to call you out here, but your card did get declined, so you're gonna have to go fix that. And Eric Fulmer, and all of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, alright, Dylan, who are we annoying this week? Who should we tweet? Um, you want? Have we tweeted Paige? Hangman or yeah. uh, Okay. Um, I'm gonna listen to the Alexa Bliss song. Wait, <laughs> I think I had to have listened to like I we had to have tweeted Paige at some point, right? I don't remember. You just wanna you wanna you wanna ask me if he wants to get a beer sometime, dude? I was about to be like, Yo, Adam Page, WrestleMania weekend. If you're there, come to the Edison with us one night. Yeah, sure, go for it. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I doubt he'll be here. They don't have a show. They're not. They're not at WrestleCon even. They all listen. Listen, everyone. Everyone in that company's an EVP. They get all the money they need. Yeah. So I shouldn't put. We'll we'll pay your flight. No, Adam Adam Page is making enough money now. Adam Page is doing fine for Adam Page. <laughs> Dude, off of his new merch alone, Adam Page has become such a such a blue collar hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, while I do this, would you guys like to get into our heels and baby faces of the week? Sure, which which way do you want to start with that? Um, let's start heel. We haven't started dark in a while. Okay. Uh, my heel is professional wrestling fans. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did we move on to heels and faces? Because this, fu- this song fucking slaps, dude. <laughs> okay, great. How about you pause that shit? How about you make that your new baby face of the week and you let me get on with my thing? Uh, I remembered why I don't go to live shows at all. I I remembered that about 15 minutes before the new beginning in in Tampa Bay happened, when I had to listen to a bunch of older, fat, bitter fucks complain about shit and talk about WWE and, like, just... Honestly, just bring down the whole experience. They they didn't like parts of the show, and I was tempted so much to stand up, turn around, and tell them to go fuck off. Then, like, uh, like words cannot describe how much I. If I ever go to a, like with the if I ever go to a wrestling show alone again, it will exclusively be in Japan. Yeah, because then if people are bitching, I don't. I won't know. <laughs> 
Dude, wrestling, like, there are cool ones. They're no, the us. I've never seen one at a live event. I've never talked to one at a live event. Everyone I've ever seen at a live event is the cringy kind of wrestling fan that I try with all my heart and soul not to appear as in public. The worst one I think I ever got, wrestling fan-wise, was I went to go see uh, Colt Cabana, Marty DeRosa, and I think it was Cliff Compton watched Ready to Rumble and did commentary over it with a live audience. Oh, man. And at one, that, that's at real one, original. We've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> that's directly where I got the idea, not even a lie. But um, I, at one point, I was looking through Twitter, and Sami Zayn was talking about like hanging around, out around Louisiana and talking about this specific event, and I went, Oh wow! I was I saw Sami Zayn might show up, and a a fucking dick next to me just goes like, huh, "Yeah, right, whatever, I don't care." And I'm like, "Fucking, it's Sami Zayn! Shut shut your dumb mouth for one second, person." Also, Please. I wasn't. Also, a I wasn't talking to you, and B you can fuck off, and then you can take a yeah. step back, and you can fuck even farther off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah no, I hate. Are... I want you to know that when we go to all these shows, WrestleMania weekend, you, you will probably, especially if I've had a drink or two, have to stop me from yelling at some neckbeard because I will, with all my heart and soul, cause a Joey Janela level scene. <laughs> Dylan, you have no idea how much Scotty has to stop me from doing that. <laughs> oh, cool! We can high five, high five. We're gonna, we're gonna do it. Boom. Like, yeah. I... Except I do it in like a passive aggressive, like I say it just loud enough for the assholes to hear. Yeah. So no, like we'll you could be full aggressive, I'll be passive aggressive, we'll tag team this shit, and we'll get kicked out of a wrestling show. No, 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 your tactics won't work though. If we want someone to leave and shut up, you send in me to be like, do you guys like podcasts? <laughs> let, me sh- let me show you a few They're good like, turn podcasts. Us. We will pay you to make him go away. <laughs> No, I feel like the events we've chosen, with the exception of Supercard, which, based on my experience years ago, Scotty, I believe you can back this up, is full of the kind of wrestling fan you don't want to be around. Oh, uh, yeah. But I really feel that the people going to Bloodsport probably <laughs> aren't the most neckbeardy. The you- people who are going to see Orange Cassidy fight Suzuki? Probably not much neckbeardy. No, no, no. They're probably very neckbeardy because they're all just like, oh, like they're wheezing into their bag of Cheetos, like talking about how great, like all the past Joe Janela cards have been. Uh, I'm very tempted to take a can of Axe body spray with me to the, no, uh, to take a thing of Febreze and just like, (laughs) in the eyes. (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just sanitizing the area around me. We have to deal with that. I have to deal with your BO. So I guess we're even. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, well, I hate, I, 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 I hate live event wrestling fans. I really do. Well, my heel of the week is once again, like two weeks in a row, I'm not bringing something that was bad per se. It was something that made me physically uncomfortable to watch. And that's why it was good. But it was also a very dark, but very good heel moment. And that is MJF. Beating the shit out of Cody with a with a fucking belt for an uncomfortably long amount ten of minutes. time. Solid ten minutes. It, yeah, exactly. It was hard to watch. Oh, I didn't. I skipped fifteen seconds at a time through it. Was not was not going yeah. to do that. Cause like Cody is so good at riding that line between being too over the top 
or like being not enough reaction. He he had it perfect the whole time of being do, in. Do you know such the best pain. way to sell an injury? It's for it to fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real easy to be like, oh god, that sucked. When it sucked. Yeah, exactly. And then I people have said it's a plant. But the best moment of it still has to be MJF running out through the crowd and then a fan just yeeting himself at him and then Wardlow and MJF having to beat this fan away. That's that was like the CM Punk moment. That was we did it. We made it. Oh, man. But uh, that was great. I mean, the segment was is going to go down as an it reminded me of like when they talk about Tommy Dreamer being a white baby face. Until he got the shit beat out of him with a kendo stick. And that was the moment the crowd started to be like, oh, this guy's tough as balls. Yes, I support this guy with whatever he does. I will say I almost cried at the moment where uh, Brandy came out and grabbed the hands because I had a brief moment of like, wait, isn't she supposed to be crazy? And then she grabs the hands and it's just like, it's okay, baby. I love you so much. You can get through this. And you could hear it like just quietly on the camera, but you could tell it's supposed to be just between them. And I was just sitting back like, oh, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. You're not allowed to give me this kind of emotion at a wrestling show. But just watching Cody deal with it and watching all the heels come out and relish in it and then the Bucks and Dustin and everybody come out and then like Cody hugs Dustin after Dustin was like, I'll take the lashes for him. Cody hugs him. You can see tears running down his face. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable, but God, it's good. It's so good. I mean, that that's probably the closest that I've ever had wrestling come to like when Game of Thrones was at its peak. Like, fuck. It was like watching Ned Stark die, almost. Where it's like, I did not want it to happen. I had not read the books yet. And I was like, "There, this cannot happen. This cannot keep going on. They're not really going to do this. Oh my god, they are. Yeah, it's literally a moment of like... Uh, someone on my Twitter was just like, Well, I trust them. They'll probably have something up their sleeves to make this entertaining. No, there wasn't nothing up the fucking sleeves. It was what it said on the tin. It was Cody's about to get whipped in the center of this ring and embarrassed. And that's exactly what they did. And it made everyone emotional. And then afterwards, he posts like the picture on Instagram of just like his back bloodied and beaten. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. OK, this is this is a good way to keep this rivalry going, because like MJF was has always been almost like a silly heel of like, I'm just going to come out, talk shit about you guys and make a lot of good, good jokes. This is the first week. It's like when Jericho stabbed out Moxley's eye. It's where he went from a heel that is kind of goofy and plays around with the crowd to this man is dangerous and this man is a psychopath and he is a threat. And that's when I was like, that's exactly what MJF needed to submit himself at the top. I wouldn't doubt if he was like AEW champion in a few years just because of that. I mean, that's that's part of the thing that they talked about with AEW is they're just like, nobody's going to be just like they talked about Shades of Grey. The thing is, is that the Shades of Grey can go in completely into one side or another, but they can pull back. So like nobody just comes out every week and is just like, you know, whipping people or like it's not like WWE where it becomes a gimmick. There's just moments where they're just like, oh, that person, that person's fucked in the head. And then like a few weeks later, they'll be making the corny jokes because like no one is that evil all the fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, off topic, the slight baby face of the week does go to Joey Janela for last week's AEW when I can't remember who I think it was Kip versus Cody, wasn't it? 
And then Kip Sabian goes to kiss Penelope by the guardrail, and you see Joey's face pop up behind them, and they both kiss him on the cheek. And I was like, this, I fuck. And he's such a little shit because he's running away and just shooting the middle finger at him. I was like, ah, fuck, I remember why I love Joey Janela so the much. The shit-eating grin that he had, or like when he popped up and his his face is just like, oh, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so gonna get good. you. By the way, by the way, uh, second, secondary thing. So they finally showed the uh, the most talked about Penelope and Kip versus Riho and Kenny match on Dark this week. Oh, yeah. Except it was filmed on a on a handheld and what? I've never... What? When was this? What? It was on the cruise. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but they didn't have the thing set up. It was like one of those other matches. Like, I'm guessing they filmed everything, and this one was so good, and people talked about it that they were like, oh, okay. But, like, it was a really good intergender match. But, like, it was on handheld, and I was just like, oh, man. I had to, like, take time in between to be, like, hype myself to be like, okay, let's let's watch this. Anyway, on to baby faces. What? Well, hold on. Blake has to talk about his heel. Yeah, no, it's fine. My heel, um... <laughs> And I'm glad you guys reminded me of him because reading about him for the last couple of weeks uh, really, really submits him as just a good heel. And that's Matt Riddle. Um, yeah, yes, absolutely. Because, like, he's a guy, um, I mean, you're right in what you said earlier, Scotty. He just doesn't give a fuck. He's there to make money, and he's really good at making people dislike him. Like, and like him for disliking him. Like, because I really like him because he's a good heel. And that's and why with he's. With me, I'm like, I fucking hate Matt Riddle so much because yeah. he's so good at it. Um, but he's just such an asshole. His Twitter game is on point. Like, if you. He, he got. He gets fucking noticed and he just wants a good paycheck. So, strangely enough, he is more like Brock in some ways than anyone would care to admit. Most of the MMA guys are like that. Like, that's straight up what I found. Which is, uh, I guess, well, no, because the MMA girls will usually come in and go ham, as evidenced by Ronda until last year's WrestleMania, or Shayna, who is still dominant. That's my, oh, by the way, that's my other favorite thing about Charlotte probably challenging Rhea, is that means we can still probably get Shayna versus Becky, we could possibly still get Sasha versus uh, Bailey. we can get a lot of good shit, while still have, while still maintaining the integrity of the Rumble. Yes, and it means Charlotte's going to be down there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But listen, the the Rumble lost integrity years ago. Let's not joke ourselves. Yeah. But uh, until but now, let's get into baby faces of the week. Dylan, would you like to start? Uh, yes, I would like to talk about the resurgence. Actually, no, the the, the coming out party of Hangman Page since he's become uh the blue collar uh semi alcoholic hero yeah. that AEW. Uh, deserves this week was especially good because like th the storyline with him and the elite has just been amazing because like when it was first happening we were just everybody was just like okay good he's finally going to be out of the elite but then like it slowly as it took on more stuff and he became more sympathetic and then this week where they lost because he he has so much spite towards the bucks for not listening to him and not treating him as an equal for all these months that he refused to tag them in yeah and like it's, and like, and then they blew up on him. Like, they don't get it. Kenny doesn't get it. Like, well, they're this always... is another one of this is another. It's weird. This is another one of those shades of gray things. Because when this started out, like the storyline's amazing. Because it's straight up, Hangman lost the biggest opportunity of his career, which was to win the AEW Championship. Lost it, 
and went through like this big bout of very realistic depression, which led to him becoming an alcoholic and fighting against his friends and becoming enraged. And I'm like, oh, he'll become a heel. And yet the fans were like, no, he's the best. I love this alcoholic cowboy. He's amazing. And that's when I think a- the AEW higher ups are going to have to be like, fuck, we got to turn the bucks heel. <laughs> we got we to gotta do something. Oh, yeah. No, Meltzer reported there's no there's no plans to turn anyone heel because it's the shades of gray thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with that, too. Like to say after the bucks blew up on Hangman um, and of course, like they pointed oh, yeah. out his he drinking fucking, was yeah. <laughs> like picture so, a beer out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it was one of those. Someone pointed out like turns for the absurd that they love to do on being the elite. And I love that they do little bits like that in the actual like show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love Hangman for what he is, because also Hangman's the best at making realistic storylines because i mean he had the one when he was going against Pac, where it's like you're too fat you're too big and it was essentially uh, an angle about body shaming and about like oh i've got to lose weight to be worthwhile and then at the end of it he decides oh i'm gonna donate a shit ton of money towards companies that help people like may feel comfortable in their body and good psychological uh work that they do and i think the same thing's happening right now where he's straight up being like I'm going to run an angle that's about depression and about alcoholism and about these important societal topics. We're still going to poke a little bit of fun at it, but it's still going to be very prevalent what we're doing here. And that's what I like about Hangman the most is he's more creative than anybody gives him credit for, I think. I just it's the one storyline that I'm I'm the most excited about as it goes along. Well, that in the Dark Order, but th- this is the one where I was just I'm like I'm waiting on the bit where like the the bucks get their comeuppance which is like not a thing being a fan of the bucks for years but i'm just like please just can you just buckshot matt can you just buckshot him that's all i need in life just you do that i need kenny to have your back and like v trigger nick and then it'll just be fine i don't know i don't know if that's where the story logically needs to end though because i think it oh no needs- it doesn't need to end that's just another piece in it like they have a t- like they face each other like the bucks are trying to go for the belts and then, and then the, like, and then they retain, but it gives, it gives Paige that final bit of like, see, I am on the same level as you, or they'll go the other way and they'll be like, see, you're not a tag champion. Yeah. Well, it, it, not just, you're not a tag champion. It's, Hey, you're not in a good place mentally right now. You are not, so, you're not a good person right now. Like it's straight up. I would Neither are the books. That's the thing. There are ways to handle your friend's alcoholism. Going in, like taking it from them and saying their shit is like not how you do that. That's why it's a gray storyline. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We care, but they're just like, man, Paige is just such a problem. He's being such a dick instead of being like, hey, man, are you like, no one has yet to be like, hey, man, are you okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of it is the fact that also, I mean, if we're thinking about it, it's so, fuck, they're so smart. Um, but it, it's so smart because like the Bucks have like no history with alcohol at all. They are good Christian boys. They are not that experienced with it. So they don't understand what it's like to live in that world. So it's, oh fuck, it's so smart. Damn it. AEW so smart. Damn it. Shit. Blake, what's your baby face? Well, that's great because this is one of those moments where... A, I just love AEW because it was Moxley's eye for an eye segment. Oh, um, yes. And just Moxley being like pulling the shit that he did where he just grabbed Jericho's car keys. And Jericho really helped make this segment too because it's gone back to like 
it, it reminded me of shades of their feud in WWE, where it's like, Moxley's just fucking with Jericho by destroying everything that he, like, cares about, like, it, everything that's kind of valuable to him. And so he just, like, po- he s- grabs Jericho's car keys, and he just pokes the fuck out of Santana's eye with his car keys. He runs out into the audience, and then he's just, like, making all of these faces, like, oh, did I do that? Oh, no. And he's like, this is this is exactly what he wanted to do in WWE, but they wouldn't let him because they pushed him too hard to the goof quadrant. Well, it's also that Shades of Grey thing. If you told me, hey, that one of the top baby faces in AEW, he just stabbed a man's eye out with car car keys. It's like, I don't know if that works, but in the context of the storyline, it works so well to submit Moxley as that unhinged person that he's always claimed he is. This is the most lunatic fringe thing he's ever done. Please never use those words again. <laughs> and, and, I mean... He started pulling more of that out in this feud, and I am just so into it. Because, like, there have been a lot of great moments in this feud so far, but Moxley just going full buck wild on his own, and just, like, seeking complete retribution against Jericho, it's more... It's more like he's getting vengeance now than it is about the title right now, and I'm just so into it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, 100%. Um, but my baby face of the week is uh, is another storyline. It wasn't initially just going to be one person in this storyline, because I have always had a very close connection to Edge. Because in college, when I wanted to be a pro wrestler, anytime I was like, I don't know, and I, like, I started to lose motivation, I would watch Edge's Hall of Fame speech, where he would talk about, like, just keep plugging away, kid, and, like, do, like, this amazing like 20 minute inspirational speech about how you can be literally anything in the world you want to be. I would always go back and watch that. So edge was always one of the top guys. Like that's the other reason why a couple of weeks back when we were like, edge is coming back. And I was like, I, I don't want him to, cause I don't want him to ruin what he had. He's not, he's a hundred percent. Not like the minute he came out at the rumble, like this quiet childlike smile grew on my face of like, oh fuck, he is back. And then he walks through the smoke and you just see the emotion pour off of his face. I was like, cool, guess I'm crying tonight. That's cool. That's just oh, what I'm doing. I'm amazed that he was able to hold back tears because you saw he's so fucking close. Like like wide-eyed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Then he realized he had to go in and do his shit, and he was he it was he was right back. Oh, yeah, he was just like, I'm going to take this one moment, and then I'm about to fucking spear the shit out of Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to have my moment, and then I'm going to kill this Fox News reporter, Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) (laughs) But that was great. And then the following night began what is my baby face of the week, which is the Randy Orton Edge angle, because firstly... Holy shit, Randy is on another level right now with this angle. Uh, Also, by the way, as someone who's learned stage combat, that was the most brutal thing to do in the safest way possible. Because the concerto is not a hard move to take. It's you lay there, and then they literally just hit the tip of the chair on the mat in front of your head, 
but you're blocked on all angles, so it looks like you're just getting your head crushed in. And the whole part of it was so perfect, because you could see Randy come out, and Randy himself is emotional of like, yeah, if there was anybody I ever needed anything in the business from, I would always go to you. And uh, you mean this, you mean so much to me. And what if Rated RKO got back together? And in that moment, I honestly think in Randy's head, he was not planning to do the RKO. I think he was of two minds of like, I could either just try to end it or I could join him right now. So it literally both of those storylines could have happened and then just RKO's him and you could see the look of remorse the entire time. And honestly, this, it, it's one of those storylines where this is going to be all subtext, but my interpretation of it right now is straight up. Randy loves edge like a brother. He respects him more than anybody else in the business. And Randy is terrified that Edge is about to kill himself in the wrestling ring. And so in Randy's psychopathic, demented mind, he goes, I need to take him out before someone does something worse to him. And so that's why he's doing everything he's doing to Edge. As evidenced by like this week where he comes out and tries to cut a promo and the whole time is like, hey guys, I just need to... And the crowd's just booing the shit out of him. And then he moves on to something else and then he's like, look, no, you don't and then he just finally like looks up and literally looks like he's about to cry and goes i can't do this and leaves the ring and i was like Pfft. would you like to would you like to hear my alternate uh crazy person theory yeah go ahead go ahead yeah, yeah. uh so, so the the fact that so you remember how uh <clears throat> years ago he had that alternate like he had that former thing where he was the legend killer I like to think that since Edge came back, it boiled up inside of him. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, legend, and he was just like, and like, he hates that about himself, but he's like, he's just like, I can't fucking deal with you being here like this. Like, I don't want to, but like, no, I like. It's like he has to. Yeah. It, it's almost like a compulsion for Randy Orton. That's kind of how I thought about it, because he's. They they work so hard to build him up like he has the mind of a predator and like a snake specifically, and they just run on instinct. So like there are times where his instinct just takes over and he RKO's a person. He's like, oh shit, fuck, oh god damn it, not again. I want a a segment where Randy has to go to a therapist and they're just like, yeah, this person said they were a legend in the field of uh, of gynecology and you just RKO'd them out of their boots. He's like, I couldn't stop it. I, I can't, no matter what I do. Well, you know, I'm actually a bit of a legend in the world of therapy. Oh, no! <laughs> just fucking takes him out. It's Randy. Anytime someone calls themselves a legend, Randy beats the shit out of him for a few minutes. Oh, man. This is, I think we've got something good going on here. I think we, I think we've created something good. This summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a mm -hmm. podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time. 
and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut P.S. <laughs> good, good, uncut. Well, boys, we've talked about a lot of pro wrestling because wrestling was fucking great these past two weeks. Also, uh, we didn't mention this, but Braun is Intercontinental Champion, a fact I learned while really drunk at a Hard Rock Cafe. And I was the just fact like, I learned right fucking now. <laughs> I literally I was looking at my phone like, let's see what's happening on SmackDown. And then I just saw Braun fucking pow- running power slam Nakamura, and I was like, He's not gonna win. Sami Zayn's gonna stop. Oh, fuck, he won. Okay. So, we've talked a lot about a very, very good week of wrestling, but I'd rather talk about a pro wrestling company that I know and I love called the JWF. So, let's go to Silver Spoon and Captain Tibbs for another episode of JWF Monday Night Walk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War, and we are on the heels of one of the greatest regal rumbles we've ever seen in our entire lives, Tipped. We saw the wild-eyed Southern boys capture the JWF Tag Team Championships from the VWO. We saw Momoa Curry defeat Blake Tanner in what was an absolutely amazing match. And then, of course, um, well... Tibbs, I know you might not want to talk about it, but we also got to see Felix Ball take down your son. Ah, Sills, it's just real hard on me, okay? So listen, you you need to do your job, do what I pay you for, and I'm going to speak my piece on that. Well, unfortunately, part of my job does involve reporting on injuries. And after the injuries sustained at the hands of Felix Ball and, of course, the beast known as the Leviathan who returned at the Rumble, unfortunately, Chuck Tibbs is at a local medical facility where they have reported that he has suffered several ruptured discs in his back. And for that reason, he's actually going to be out for six to eight months due, due to that due to that horrifying attack in Tibbs. I, I know you're a father, and I can't imagine what it's like to feel what you're feeling right now. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's hard. It's just, it's just real hard. But, uh, like I just said, Tibbs, one of the most shocking things about that rumble was the return of the Leviathan, the beast, the demon, the man we thought was killed. At Los Trios Tangos, he made a horrifying return, beating down each and every member who was in the ring at the end of the Regal Rumble, absolutely decimating them, and then going on to win it, which of course does mean that the Leviathan is going to be in the main event of Wrestlepalooza, facing off against whoever the JWF champion is, and Tibbs, I gotta say, I'm scared shit. Yeah, so that's something else we're gonna have to talk about tonight. It's gonna be... A f- it's going to be real front-loaded, let's just say. So, why don't I just get on out there and tell the people probably what they don't want to hear. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, Captain Tibbs heading to the ring right now almost for a state-of-the-JWF address. 
So let's hear what he's got to say about the Leviathan and his horrifying actions at the Regal Rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, I probably don't already have to tell you this. State the obvious. Uh, you all saw it at the Regal Rumble, but the Leviathan has returned. After the combined efforts of myself, my son Chuck Tibbs, and the JWF champion Momoa Curry, after we absolutely decimated him at Los Trios Tangos, after I used all my power that was left in me to send that bastard packing back to the depths of the River Styx where he belongs, he crawled right back out of hell and came back to win the Regal Rumble and is once again poised to try and destroy the world as we know it. All he needs is the JWF Championship rightfully around his waist. He needs that belt, and once he has it, our world is over. Which is why I have to make sure that the man that heads into Wrestlepalooza with that title is the most battle-tested and ready to deal with everything that demon from the depths has prepared. Which is why I am going to need to push all of them over their limits in the expiration chamber. The deadliest match in JWF history where six men are locked inside a hellish structure with one goal and one goal only. To fight for their lives and secure the victory and win the JWF Championship. Now I've gone through and handpicked from our entire roster six men who will go into that match. Six men who I believe could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Leviathan, pull out a win and save us all and all of those men are going to be facing our champion, Momoa Curry. The man who debuted at the Regal Rumble. The rising sun, Fomosong. The next is the king of Flavortown himself, Guy Vietti. Third, surprisingly, a man who showed his true colors when he kicked his partner in the teeth and kicked him out of JWF for good. Rat Boy Connor. The fourth is a man who is the Funk Master 24-7, Funky Falossi. And finally, a man who I believe can save the JWF from all evils. The man with the grit and determination to get the job done. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Chuck Tip. But ladies and gentlemen, it's the music of Felix Ball. Felix Ball, the man who veritably destroyed Chuck Tibbs at Regal Rumble. The man who's responsible for Chuck Tibbs laying up in a hospital right now. He's coming down to the ring. And let me tell you something, he has got a malicious smile on his face. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Tibbs. I'm sorry. What were you going to say there? What were you going to say? Were you going to say... That Chuck Tibbs is entering the expiration chamber? The man that's currently sitting in the hospital because of everything that I did to him at the Regal Rumble? The man that nearly broke his own neck when the Leviathan threw him out of the ring? 
the one-legged man who could barely stand. I got a thousand of them. Because in case you haven't noticed, Tibbs, Chuck is not medically cleared to compete. Let me repeat that. Chuck Tibbs is not medically cleared to compete. Chuck Tibbs won't be able to step foot in this ring and do what he loves for a very long time, Tibbs. And that's thanks to you. That's thanks to your stubbornness. That's thanks to your ego forcing you to slowly forget what it means to be humble and to simply give someone what they want. But you know something? How about this, Tibbsy? How about this? I'll do you a favor. I'll enter the expiration chamber for you. I'll win the JWF championship. And I'll go on to Wrestlepalooza to show you how easily the Leviathan can be destroyed by a real damn wrestler. What you say, Tibbsy? What do you think? Well, I say you can go fuck yourself, you son of a bitch. You hurt my boy. You nearly killed my son in that ring, and you have the gall to come out here and ask me for a shot at the championship, you... All right. All right. You want to step in the ring with five of the most impressive superstars in the company? In this extremely deadly structure, the something... the. You want to step in the ring with five of the most impressive superstars in the company. In the most hellacious structure that the inner machinations of my mind has ever devised. You want to step in that match that's ended superstars' careers? You know what, Felix? That's not such a bad idea after all. But if you want to get there, you're going to have to go through another one of the most impressive wrestlers on our roster. A man who I would have to say has become completely unhinged and uninhibited. A man who would do anything, I mean anything, to get the JWF championship back at this point. Oh, you've given me something good here, Felix. You want to know who that man is? It's Blake Tanner! Next week! Blake Tanner versus Felix Ball, and the winner enters the expiration chamber. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, amazing declaration from Captain Tibbs here. Next week, we're going to find out who the sixth man is going to be entering the expiration chamber match. Who's going to be joining Momoa Curry, Funky Flossy, Guy Vietti, Felix, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Flomoson. So many greats are in this match. And next week, it's either going to be Blake Tanner or Felix Ball joining them. And and Tibbs, welcome back to the booth. And I got to say... Blake Tanner, and we've seen him in recent weeks. He has become crazed, and I got to think he's got one hell of a chance at heading to the expiration chamber match next week. Oh, so do I, Sills, but I'll tell you, there's nothing better than Felix Ball coming out and asking for exactly what he wants, and especially what old Captain Tibbs can give it to him. That's right, Tibbs, and I mean, let's not forget, Blake Tanner had one hell of a showing at the Regal Rumble, going one-on-one with the champion himself, Momoa Curry. And and let me tell you something, Tibbs, there were numerous times during that match where I thought Blake Tanner was going to put an end to Momoa Curry's reign, where I thought Blake Tanner was going to win back that title that he held for almost an entire year. 
just a few years ago. That's right, Sills. And ever since then, it's been a slow descent into madness with him trying to get it back. He's at the point where he's more like a feral animal, Sills. And you know what the best thing you can do against a big Canadian jackass is? You set the wolves on him. And Blake Tanner's our wolf. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, let's not forget Momoa Curry did end up getting the advantage. He came out the better man and won that match. But I think the biggest story of it came afterwards when Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner's partner in the dynasty, came out to the ring. He had the cash in the bag briefcase. He was getting ready to cash in on Momoa Curry and possibly win the JWF championship. But before he could, Blake actually pulled him out of the ring, decked him in the jaw, left him laying, and Tibbs, I don't know what's going on inside the dynasty right now. I'm not entirely sure, Sills, but can we really say that any of us were surprised by the move of Scotty Moore that night, trying to cash in on the champion, trying to take what was his after a grueling match, even though it is in his complete contractual right to do so. That's right, Tibbs. Wait, I'm actually getting a report right now. There's Sounds of some scuffling, a disagreement going on inside the Dynasty's locker room. So why don't we go backstage right now and hear what's going on between Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and the Dillon. Let's have a listen. Look, I'm fucking sorry, all right? I, I don't know what else you need me to tell you, okay? I got caught up in the moment. I saw you coming for the spotlight, and I just... Whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on. Stealing your spotlight? Like, come on, man. You know I'm not trying to steal anything. All I did at the Regal Rumble was come out there to accomplish the Dynasty's goal. And that goal is to have the JWF Championship around all of our collective wastes. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. And I'm honestly supposed to believe that. Look, you can feed that shit to everybody else, but it's not going to work on me. You act like this group is all about supporting one another, and then you take advantage of all of our hard work, and you slide in, and you try to steal a victory. That's not stealing. That's teamwork. That was the plan. You go in, you do the damage, I come in, set the kill, and then Scotty comes in and cashes the check. We end up with the belt. It doesn't matter who. It matters that it gets done. Oh, is, is it because you couldn't think that I wouldn't be able to defeat Momoa Curry? Is that what this is all about? Is it the fact that I'm the only one of us that couldn't get one over on the big old champ, huh? You know what, both of you talk a big game about the fact that I'm your ace. I'm the ace of the dynasty, and yet none of you thought I could defeat Momoa Curry. We don't think it, Blake. We know it. That's why we changed the plan once we got banned oh, from ringside. That is rich, Dylan. That is so good coming from you. What exactly have you done since Momoa Curry? Stop, Blake. Leave the room. What? What the fuck did I fucking stutter, Blake? Leave the room. Fine. I'm telling you, like I told you before, he's getting dangerous, leaning into his old hero persona. We're all supposed to be all for one. Goal justifies the means, but he's getting selfish. Wants the spotlight, wants the cheers. Now, I don't want to make any enemies, especially not after fighting 
in between all of us for the last two years. But if he keeps this up, he's going to drag us down with him. He's not paying attention to the plans. He's getting his own agenda. And now he's actively trying to stop our end goal just because you're involved. He's got the ego back. If we don't stop it now, who knows? I'm more than aware of that. I mean, he certainly hasn't been holding up his side of the dynasty in recent months, but we give him one last opportunity. His last opportunity. Next week, when he faces Felix Ball, I want you at ringside. And I want you to do everything in your power to support our friend, to support Blake Tanner and ensure that he wins that match. And with all of that, if he still manages to lose, if he once again fails to do what we need him to do, I... I'm going to have to make a tough decision. You know what to do. You got it. What? Tibbs, what, what in the world's going on? What do you think Scotty Moore's tough decision's going to be? What do you think's going to happen if Blake Tanner doesn't manage to walk out next week with a W? Well, Sylves, you know how I mentioned that Blake Tanner was kind of like a feral animal at this point. Yeah. Well, there's really only one thing that you can do if they get out of control for too long. And I hope to say that... Well, I just hope that that's not the choice that Scotty Moore's talking about, but I can't think about anything else it could be. That's right, Tib. So who knows? Good luck to Blake Tanner next week in his match against Felix Ball to determine who's going to be going on to enter the expiration chamber match. But of course, Tibbs, I want to go back to the Regal Rumble. I mean, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, we know they have been some amazing JWF tag team champions in the past. Blake Tanner, the only man to ever simultaneously hold the Captain's Championship, which of course is now held by Felix Ball, and hold the Tag Championships at the exact same time. The BS have been amazing. But of course, when I think about Tag Championships, I mean, I always think about the VWO. They've almost become synonymous with those titles. But of course, those titles were ripped away from them in a Texas street fright at the Regal Rumble as they took on the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, a a team who's only just a few months old, Tibbs, but managed to get one over on them. After uh, Justin Clouds, unfortunately, due to just a miscommunication, managed to dropkick his brother Griffin through a table. It then led, of course, to the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys getting the advantage and getting the titles. And, I mean, Tibbs, it was a disappointing moment, to say the least. Very true, Sills. Honestly, I'd say I'm a little impressed by the progress that the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys have made in such a short time, but they really gelled as a unit, especially because of their manager, Spider-fucking-goddamn-Lockhart. Well, I mean, that's what I was about to bring up, Tibbs. You gotta remember, Spider-Lockhart aligning himself with Sam Adams, one of his old pupils. I mean, that really took them to a different level. They attacked the VWO at the Tibby Awards last year taking away their opportunity to claim the VWO's award for Tag Team of the Year. It was a prestigious moment, but I think attacking them beforehand was just the mind games that the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys needed to play to get under the skin of the VWO and to win those championships. That's right, Sills. He may not seem it most of the time, but Spider Lockhart's got such a good eye for the business 
he understands what he needs to do to bring any wrestler up to the next level. That's right, Tibbs and Spider Lockhart and our new tag champs, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, are actually in our ring right now. Brought a bottle of whiskey, a few glasses, and they say they're holding a Texas toast to their victory in winning the JWF Tag Team Championship. So why don't we go down to the ring and hear what they've got to say for this Texas toast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you tonight to the celebratory toast of the brand new JWF Tag Team Champions, buddy, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Now look, I, I know, I know y'all just want to dig into this bit of little old pappy that Spider dug up from the cellar, but before that, old Spider just wants to tell you how proud I am of you. Sam, when you came to the JWF, I saw a spark in you. I saw a fire in your ass that I ain't seen in any of these other damn superstars in the back. And I knew you deserved nothing but the best. So we made sure to get you exactly what you deserve, Sammy boy. And that's championship around your waist, buddy! Why, thank you, Spider. Let me tell you something. That means a lot. And I, I gotta say, I wouldn't be able to do it without the tutelage in care of my mentor, Spider the Longhorn Lockhart. But you know what, why, why, why are we getting in all this sympathetic stuff? Why don't we just dig into this whiskey and have us a real damn good southern boy time as we make a toast to the two finest damn men alive, the two best damn men in the JWF and the two men that showed the VWO that the South will rise again. Yeah! Alright boys, let's start out 2020 right, brother! Oh, well, Tim, there it is, popping open that bottle of Pappy, sipping that whiskey. They, they look celebratory, they look happy, but wait a minute! It's the music of the VWO, Griffin Clouds, Justin Clouds, the men that were just defeated for those titles coming out of the ring. And Tim, let me tell you, they do not look happy at all. Not at all, Sills. It looks like they're coming to make a statement. Alright, well, let's hear what they gotta say. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Are we, are we interrupting something? <laughs> because it seems to me that you two are, uh, how would you say it down where you're from, counting your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, right? Because the VWO, we still have a rematch clause. And I can tell you for a damn fact that when we get that rematch... Those titles are coming right back home where they belong, buddy. Right around the waist of the true best tag team in the company, the VWO. So for tonight, you can drink your whiskey, sing your songs, and celebrate. Because you won't be celebrating for long. Oh my god, Tibbs, from out of nowhere, it's the Hammer Man, the Masked Man, the third member of the VWO, the former Travis Clouds absolutely beating down Houston Longhorn in the corner. The, v, uh, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys looking shocked as all hell, but no, Sam Adams, Sam Adams grabbing the Hammer Man from behind and just leading a beat down on him. This is horrifying, Tibbs. Now, Hammer Man, you're exactly what I need tonight. Keep it up. Oh, but wait a minute. Now the VWO coming down, trying to increase their odds, trying to fix that numbers game. But oh my god! 
Oh my god, Spider Lockhart with that bottle of Pappy just smashing it over the head of the Hammerman. Shards of broken glass falling all over the body of the masked man. This is horrifying, Tim. Oh, Sylph, I've taken one too many of those to know that that's not going to be a good sign. Oh, no, and Tibbs, look at Spider Lockhart. Spider Lockhart, that diabolical man, he's got that broken bottle. That broken bottle. Liquor still pouring off the glass, holding it against the neck of the hammer man. He's holding the hammer man hostage, Tibbs. This is horrifying. I can't believe this. Oh, I'm sorry, boys. Turns out we ain't like the other teams we faced before, are we? No, no, see, we ain't just prepared to sit down like lapdogs and let you try and steal away our titles that we rightfully earned. I mean, that just ain't Christian. I mean, what what was it that you've been preaching ever since getting those titles, Griff? What, What was it that you'd say? You said you'd face everyone and anyone in the back. That you wanted to elevate the best tag teams we had and put them on a pedestal, right? Well, guess what, son? The best tag team is right here in this ring. And it looks to me like your asses are all getting chapped because you're realizing the best tag team in this company ain't you. But hey, look here, if you want an opportunity, we're more than willing to give you one, all right? But we don't want to prove we're better than you two. We want to prove we're better than all three of you little vape boys. So how about this? At expiration date, We're going to have us a little expiration match of our own, a little elimination match as all three members of the VWO take on the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys and Spider the Damn Longhorn Lockhart. Oh my God, Tibbs, what in the world? It looks like we have now got another match made for expiration the expiration date pay-per-view because we're going to see an elimination match as the VWO take on the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys and Spider Lockhart coming out of retirement. I mean, he just retired last year. What the hell? He, he literally just retired, Sills. Why can't anybody stay retired? I don't know, but you can see Spider unceremoniously just kicking the hammer man out of the ring, throwing those bits of broken glass at him. And Tibbs, I'll be honest, the VWO, they actually look a little bit scared. They look a little bit intimidated. I mean, maybe maybe Sam Adams was right. Maybe the VWO thought that they were the best tag team, and that they're almost shocked to see that there's someone who could who could stand up to. I don't know, Sills. This is the first time that anybody has posed quite the challenge to the VWO, and honestly, with Spider Lockhart back, and then Sills, you can see how these guys have just become on another level completely. Without him. He is the linchpin that has helped elevate them to the top. That's right. I mean, absolutely horrifying actions from Spider Lockhart holding that broken bottle to the neck of the Hammerman, almost about to kill him. But you got to think that's got to come from the history of bar brawling that Spider Lockhart's been in that he's passed on to Sam Adams and Houston Longhorn. I mean, this team, they, they don't fight pretty. They fight to win, Tips. Of course, Sills, and that's... That's probably something that's thrown the VWO off of their mark. And I, I don't know what they're going to have to pull out of their pockets to pull out the win. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's the Hammer Man. Oh, and the Hammer Man will be involved. And maybe he can provide the advantage to give them the victory in that match, Tibbs. 
But of course, before we can get to expiration date, we've still got a lot of episodes of JWF Monday Night War to go, including next week's episode, where of course in the main event, we are going to see Blake Tanner take on Felix Ball, and the winner will be entered into the expiration chamber match. And Tibbs, let me tell you something, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing match when those two go to battle. Oh, I can't wait to see it, Sills. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, as always, in order to see that, we will see you next time on JWF Monday Night War. And on that day, deep in the heart of Oxford, Alabama, some random drunk hit an internet poll, completely wiping out Scotty's internet and prematurely ending the podcast. But have no fear, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to end the show, and it's going to be a little bit weird, especially for those of you watching on YouTube, because I have gotten a haircut and shaved since we recorded. So it looks like an entire new man is ending the show for you. Um, but it's going to be a bit of a weird outro. I will say what I learned today is not live in a city where drunks like to hit internet balls. Uh, but of course, as always, remember to find Dylan on Twitter at Stormy And find Blake on Twitter and Instagram at Blake. A Tanner, and of course, watch all of his stupid video game stuff. Is the Dark Room Vidya that is Dark Room V I D Y A on YouTube, and to find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O. You can buy all my books on Amazon, and you can check out the brand new BS Network program Deviant. It is an absolutely epic space pirate opera. I love it to death. I may have snuck Kenny Omega's theme song into one of the episodes, but I won't say which one, so you have to figure it out on your own. And you can check that out and all the other BS Network programs online at loadedpurebs.com ladies and gentlemen and as always big thanks to Megaran for letting us use Fighters as our theme song Megaran is the absolute best you guys need to check out his stuff buy it don't stream it buy it give the man money he's earned it and speaking of giving people money we'd love if you'd like to support us monetarily whether that be on patreon.com slash loadedbs like we talked earlier or by picking up some merchandise for the fight boys or for your favorite JWF wrestlers online at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. But if you can't support monetarily, we understand. Just leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're checking out the Fight Boys just to help shoot us up the ranks, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure to do that and tell a friend to check out the Fight Boys podcast. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show Hangman Page. Because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life!